talking about today. So many things happened today. So many things in the world happened today. So many things in the skies, they're happening today. All the world is coming here these few days too, isn't it? Coincidence. The believer must open his eyes a little bit and say at least, mm, unusual things happening. Watch, take a step back and be careful. Believers, in tariqat you must. If you're around the sheikh, you must more than all these unusual things. What is happening to me? There's unusual thing happening to me. Good unusual is okay. Bad unusual is happening to me. Oh, why is it happening right now with this pullback? Because they're just playing tricks on you. Whether it's now this is happening, or tomorrow, or six months, or next week, it doesn't matter the timing later, why it has to be now. Because certain things are shifting in the world. So many, they are trying to do that. Really? Are they really trying to do that? Or are they just playing a game to do that? Why is the Holy Prophet والسلام, known as Rahmatalil Alameen? He's not Rahmatalil Arabin. He's not the mercy to the Arabs. He's not mercy to the Ajams only. He's a mercy to the universes universes, you understand? Why is that? What is the meaning of that? That he is a mercy. Because the Prophet as a prophet, he is the only prophet out of 124,000 prophets. He is the only prophet that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him the task and the work of bringing the message not only to his nation, but to every nation. At that time, until Judgment Day, no other prophet is given that. This is one of the biggest greatness of the Prophet Every other prophet, it's only for his people, only for his nation. So many prophets, only for his nation, and we see one generation, two generations, three generations is done. The message is corrupted. Some, in one generation, the next generation is corrupt. So not only to the people, not only to the families, which majority they're not accepting, it didn't last. But the Prophet from that time until Judgment Day, if it's tomorrow, it will be over 1,400 years. If it's in 1,000 years, it's going to be one, but don't worry, the world is not going to last 1,000 years. But it's lasting until Judgment Day. Lasting. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him the secret. And those who are following him properly will understand the secret. And what is the secret? How to give the message to different people. How to touch their hearts, not their nationality, not their race, not their ethnicity, not their class, not their wealth, not their education. To touch their heart, to touch their spirit. You understand? Because before that, even the Ulul Azam prophets, for example, prophets of the Bani Israel, is only for the Bani Israel. 
And it's not to everyone in the Bani Israel too, some, like Isa salam, obviously. It's not to everyone. Not even the Bani Israel, they accepted him. So that secret now to touch into every heart, every human heart, what a miracle it is that the Prophet is given this, not any other Prophet. So that secret, he passed down that secret. He is showing through his life and through his examples that those Sahabi Kiram who are looking and copying the Tabi'in who are copying the Sahabi Kiram, Tabi Tabi'in who is copying the Tabi'in, copying the Sahabi Kiram, and they're following from the Prophet, they get that secret of how to live. With that secret of how to live in this world as one Ummat, different races, different nationalities, different things, because it happened during his time too. But it's not only that, there is also a secret there that he passed specifically to Hazrat Al Bakr Siddiq, because now you're talking about what? The secret of ruling. Ruling. You don't say, how come the hands, the left hand, which is the opposite of the right hand, the hands that are opposite to the legs, huh? opposite of the head, opposite, how come they're all working well? What is the secret of that? No, they're not working well. They're not. Unless the head is working. Correct? If the head is not working, the inside, the head is not working, the head is not giving order, they will not listen. Or there is a problem. Head is giving the uh, brains is giving the order, and the leg doesn't listen. You're in trouble. And there are people who are like that. They are completely mm, healthy, fit in everything, but there is a block there, there is an interruption. So now it's not just looking at the Prophet ﷺ, looking at Sahabi Kiram. We cannot, we must not also try to imagine or try to live this fantasy. Everything is like a fairy tale. Everything is nice. Everything is beautiful. No, there were people. There were ups and downs. There were things that happened, but we cannot judge them the way, especially that we are judging ourselves in these times because they have their Prophet and beyond all of that difficulties and differences, yeah, that secret of rulership and that when the brain, when the head is giving the order and is knowing how to give the order, everything works beautifully. It's not fighting against each other and because they also submit to the head. So now you're asking me the questions, how did the Ottomans do this? What is the genius of the Ottomans? Yes, it's the genius of the Ottomans, that they're gathering people who are not only different in every way, they were enemies to one another. Enemies. For centuries they were sitting and they were killing each other. And how did the Ottomans bring them to the table and tell them to sit down, eat together, and later get up from the table and wash the dishes together? And then later, to build something together, let the children to play together. How is that possible? Because Prophet was teaching them. How to do it? Yes, this is through Islam, the orders of Islam. Yes, this is through Iman, what you believe in. That is beyond the differences. Now, it is beyond your color, this is beyond your understanding. Now everyone knows that there is an Allah. Now we're looking at perfection, ihsan. That his son now, 
especially in the world before the Ahir Zaman, before Dajjal's time, everyone believed in an Allah, like this or like that. There are no unbelievers. Let's say there are no disbelievers. You understand? Yahudi, they believe. Nasrani, they believe. You understand? Everyone was believing in Allah one way or another, and they were fearing from their Allah one way or another too. They may not be the same, but everyone is believing. Now, who believes? Forget Yahudi, forget Nasrani. Muslims are not believing. They have the form, but they're not believing. So everyone believed. So when everyone believed, and the Ottomans were able to make everyone to sit down and to listen, they say, look, there are so many similarities. Why don't we concentrate on that instead of the differences? And the similarity is just for what? Just to praise you? I pat you, you pat my back, I pat your back? No, it is to build something. To make this world into a better place, yes? To make this world into a better place. But how did the Ottomans do it? The one, the head, the brains. How did they work? Why it didn't work, other than the Ottomans? Why it didn't work? They tried. One thing that the Ottomans were, they were living the hadith of the Prophet Live your life like you are a traveler in this world. They were travelers. And their home is somewhere far away. You understand? So when they came out from Central Asia, following that blue wolf, and they spread out to the rest of this world, separating here and there. Then when the Turks accepted Islam in that region, and when they started to bring the message of Allah and His Prophet to people that accepted, and when that message started to spread, and that continued spreading and spreading, and when they stayed there even for hundreds of years, they know it's not their place of origin. The place of origin is somewhere in Central Asia, and they are travelers. So what does that mean now? That means, I'm a traveler, I'm a stranger also. You, you're a traveler, you're a stranger, belonging to a different, you also, same like me. You, you also. You, you also. You also. Like in this land, you know, saying that everyone is an immigrant. Correct? But the difference is, the Ottomans, they did not also destroy and eliminate those ones who were living in that area. They didn't. For over 600 years, 700 years, they were ruling those areas, enough time to completely eliminate them. They didn't. If anything, they protected them. Talking about the Greeks who were living in that area, correct? Their language is still the same, it's unmolested. Their religion, their culture, everything is there. Their culture becomes more enriched because they start taking in. And the Ottomans who came, they started taking from the best of the cultures too. So. 
When this continued also, they took more and they took more. And that is how the Hajj is. It is not uh, so many empires. They say, we are sitting in the middle and everyone is turning around us. British, for example. They were also ruling so many people. And they're also saying, oh, everyone is a British citizen. But no, the British, they're sitting in the middle. White British people sitting in the middle, not all white people. Those one with, with uh, rank, those one with authority, everyone else is circling around. You can never be inside. Correct? It's not with the Ottomans. Who is in the center? Who is in the circle? Gail. Who's saying Gail? Come into the circle. Who is in the circle? They came into power before you know it. One, two, three. They had uh, this Pasha, his Greek, this general, who is this. Is a, they are made up of non-Turks. And that tradition continued. Meaning they are not tribalistic. You understand? Our tribe in the center, ruling everything. Everyone is low class, they're circling around us. No. Where did they take the example from? Holy Prophet, they said to us. Tribalism is forbidden. So they weren't sitting there and wishing, and people were not looking, oh, I wish I was British. I wish I was white. I wish I was French. I wish I was German. There's no real wish there because they were not sitting down there Pulling, putting everyone down and making everyone to finish from the identity and to be lost and to want to be them. They preserve the identities. Everyone's. And they say, you know what? You don't have to be like us to be with us. That's why people in the government also, there were Jews, there were Christians, there were Armenians, there were people from different races, different religions, yes. What do they have to bring there? They're bringing there some speciality that other people don't have. And this is not because of color or religion. This is because of some speciality they accept. With that speciality, they come together, it builds something. It's very radical. It's unheard of. Because every other system like that as an empire, even the Romans, you ever hear the Romans? They're taking over Africa, let's say. And they're inviting those ones that they've taken over to sit next to them and to rule together with them. You hear the British doing that? Or the British say, okay, you shut up. I give you some money, I throw you some money, and you just keep in, we control all the trade, because we know controlling all the trade, we control everything. You can be a ruler, but the one who has the money is the one who rules. We control your trade, we have your military. Then you can call yourself whatever you want. You understand me? So uh, the Ottomans, there is a genius that is there. But it is very radical. How was this able to be successful? Oh, it wasn't easy. How is it successful? Because they had their prophet, والسلام, in front of them. The prophet, not as a prophet, as an Arab prophet. The Prophet that is Rahmatul Alameen. The Prophet that is a mercy to all, not just to the Arabs, not just to the Persians, but to all. They have that right in front of them. Hmm? And they had the Hilafat. And they had the Ahril Bayt. And 
we have the scholars, and most importantly, we have the awliya Allah. They supported all these spiritual institutions, supported state support. The earlier Arab dynasties, the Arab dynasties, they did a lot. Don't look down on them, they did a lot. But there was also state-sponsored, let's say, hunt down, hunting of political rivals, namely the Ahlul Bayt, during the time of what? The Umawis. You understand? And then when it moved to the Abbasis, when it moved, the capital then, or moved from Damascus and to Baghdad, Baghdad is not Arab. Those people, they're not Arabs. But when it moved, now, with the Abbasis, now you see, suddenly, every, the whole area become Arabized. The Turks could have done that, to make the whole of today's Turkey, Eastern Europe, all the way to Western China, steppes of Russia, North Africa, to be Turkified. Could have done that. That is the easy way out, and that is the wrong way to do, and it always fails. That's what the British did. You understand? Take away their language first. So, oh, your language? Yeah, we sort of keep it, but learn our language. You want to get ahead in life? You have to learn our language, not that. That's what the British did. So, oh, the French? Oh, forget about it. You think the British were bad? The French are uh, bloodthirsty. The Spanish, they hated Islam. You understand? At least with the, with the British, there was not this overt hate because they're more interested in trade and if they can use it, they can use it. They're not that emotional like that. You understand? They just say, I just want to destroy everything. No. But for all these different people, all these things to work now, there has to be all these institutions supporting them, spiritual, and the Khalifa and the society has to be very strong. It has to be very powerful. If there is weakness now, people are going to start fighting. Hmm? People ask me sometimes, why the Japanese society is so strong? Why this? I said, how do you make something strong? Hmm? Let's speak in very simple terms. If you have breeding dogs or horses, how do you make that lineage strong? How do you make it strong? What do you do? Brad, Cherkess, what do you do? The best ones you put together. And people today, they're ruthless, no? The weak ones, what do they do? Correct? That's what they do. That's what they do in the breeding process. Weak ones, they don't breed or they kill or they put aside. Strong ones, they keep breeding the strongest until it becomes like that. Why do you think the Japanese did? Look through history, you must study, you must look. They had centuries of isolationism, very strong control, very rigid, you cannot move, and whatever that you are, wherever you are, you must be the best. You're not the best, so only the best comes the best. So you get a very pure line, so it becomes very, very strong. It's not too, too good. <laughs> it's not good. 
You understand? Because that's not Allah's way. Allah is not only letting the strong to live. Allah is not only letting the sun to shine on the saints. He's letting the sun shine on the murderer and on the alim. Equal. So when you do that, you'll only achieve this much for this time. After that, it falls because that is not according to the shariat. The laws of Allah. I don't mean shariat. Learning how to pray, your, this hukum. I'm talking about the laws in nature, the laws of the cosmos that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put on. People who say free, 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 I don't want any law. Your body is governed with, by so many laws, you cannot break it. Your physical body is governed by so many laws, you cannot break it. If there is an imbalance in the law of your body, if there is an imbalance, let's say you have too much sodium, what happens? Say it. No, I want, I'm free. I want to take as much sodium as I want, or as much sugar as I want. I'm free. Nobody says, no, everybody says there is a law. We must abide by the law, especially Americans, because the body needs this. You're saying you don't need law. There's no such thing. You must live free. Too much laws. Look, everyone is crying now. Oh, climate change. Oh, whole world is going to... What? You suddenly discover that Allah is the designer, that He doesn't make anything without a fine balance, without a beauty, that there is no balance, there is no law. And now you're trying to teach us what you've destroyed for the past 200 years. They usually just destroy. They say, oh, there's so many buffaloes, let's just kill. They don't know how that will change the land. Oh, we have so many uh, whales. Let's kill because we need the oil. They don't know how that changes the oceans, changes the air, changes everything. You think man doesn't know? He knows. If a man of faith doesn't know this, he's not a man of faith. If a man of intelligence doesn't know that everything is connected, then he has no intelligence. But these are the people who say we have the best of faith. Our faith is based on love. Our intelligence is unmatched. But they're done with this world and now you're crying so there is a law in this world if this world if the sea level rises one inch what's going to happen to the world if the temperature rises 10 degrees what's going to happen to this world if this world slows down a little bit what's going to happen to this world. If it goes a little bit, one millimeter closer to the sun, what's going to happen to this world? Oh, suddenly there's law everywhere and the laws are all interconnected and you have to tread very carefully. But foolish mankind is saying, I want to live free as I like. There is no law. It's done. So now the Ottomans, they understood that interplay. You understand? They understood that interplay. For that, you have to have very high spirituality. You do. Because it's not a matter of right and wrong, black and white anymore, tall and short. No, it's not that. Now you start understanding how the tall needs the short, short needs the tall. The light needs the darkness, darkness needs the light. The believer, unbeliever. Then they understand how things are and they say, Let's keep that balance.
understand is not to say, I'm here, everyone has to now bow down to me. I'm the master. No. And they're saying, we are all travelers. Understand, the Khalifa hires someone to tell him, Oh Khalifa, Oh Sultan, know that Allah is higher than you. What does that mean now? That means that people, that head, those people, the one who governs that society, they're not declaring themselves Lord. They're not Namruts. Okay? And they fear from the Lord. That's why today no one is equipped to talk about or to handle or to listen Ottoman politics. You cannot. Because then you have to understand Sahabi politics also. You have to understand now. It's not for idiot people, common people. You cannot. You understand? Now they're going to take sides now. That's what most people are. People just take sides just like that. Oh, something is happening. These two sides fighting. I have to take sides. Who is fighting? Uh, my brother and someone else. Oh, I have to take sides. My brother. They don't look at the situation, what is right and wrong. You know what Sultan al-Baslan did? He saw two sides fighting, no? That is the turning point. And he's saying this big force is fighting with this smaller force and is defeating them. They were just watching with all their troops and they came to their heart. No, we have to help this one that is losing, this small force that is losing. It is unheard of, it is radical, you understand? No one, nowhere else in this world, this big force is about to win. You always want to be with a winner, no? Why you want to help this one, this side that is losing? Just because of some whispering to your heart? Understand how spiritual they were. I said, no, we're going to help them. They helped them, they defeated, and that changed history. That's why Tasawuf is important. If you only have religion, then it's going to go through all other empires, Muslim or non-Muslim, the way that everything goes. Because the religion is the form and the form, there's no higher form than the outside shape of the human being. And if your outside form is white, you say, that is my Lord. If your outside form is black, you say, that is my Lord. Yellow, you say, that is my Lord. You understand? You're not concentrating on that form because you're not concentrating on religion. They're concentrating on tasawuf. And when there is tasawuf, You take something that is from the inside, you understand what is the outside too. That time when you understand the outside, you can change the outside. The outside must change to fit the inside. Outside must show the inside. So, uh, this is Islam. We've lost that. Since we lost the Khalifa, we lost this. Because Islam became tribal. Muslims became tribal. Yellow, black, white, brown, Bengali, Pakistani, Arab, Turkish. We became tribal. No longer we're one Ummah.
one ummah. Now it's just one ummah as an idea. It's no longer one ummah as a practicality, ruling with success, as the Ottomans did. So, may Allah increase our love for them and increase our uh, intelligence to understand and to put it in our lives. May Allah bring them soon, inshallah. May they pray for us. May our Shaykh always be in our necks. Al Fatiha.